0: Hey guys, today on the podcast, I'm talking with friend and performing strongman, Mark Burnett. Mark and I talk about getting uncomfortable to experience the strength that you already have inside you. This is a great show, and I hope you enjoy it. Pull up a chair and buckle up. It's the Original Strength Podcast. Well, Mark, you are an old-time strongman. Yes. And, well, how, how did you... How did you get to become like, like what made you decide that you wanted to be a a strong man?
1: That's a real good question, Uh, actually. And I'm going to go back, if you don't mind, I'm going to go back to just a little bit of history. Uh, It was almost 10 years ago that you and I met. Yes. At the SFG, the very second one ever in Massachusetts, uh, just outside of Boston. And that was the week after the Boston bombing. Uh, which I'm sure you remember well, I everything do. was locked down. I mean, they were still looking for the guys and you and I were talking, I think the second morning, because we moved to the right-hand side of the soccer complex and uh, we're talking, <clears throat> I can't, I think I came over and introduced myself or something and there were people crawling and rolling as part of their warmup. And I asked you, I was like, how does it feel to see and see this and know that you had, and you went, it's kind of weird Uh, because becoming bulletproof had already come out. I had it, I'd read it. Uh, and so fast forward uh, six months or so, you were in Nashville at Dave Whitley's place doing a becoming bulletproof workshop. Right. I was there. <clears throat> well, Earlier that summer, actually, probably around the beginning of the summer, I had a little voice in the back of my head that said, you need to learn how to bend steel. Where it came from, I had no clue, had not had interest in it before, but it would not go away. Oh, wow. So where I'm in Nashville. <clears throat> yeah, Nashville. Uh, at Dave's place for the the Becoming Bulletproof workshop. I knew he did some of that. And during the workshop, one of the afternoon breaks, I went over and said, Dave, I've had this little voice in the back of my head. It won't go away. It says, I need to learn how to bend steel. And, uh, you know, he laughed and he's like, I think we can take care of that. And he had bent uh, in the morning. We'd been doing some of the, the progression stuff. Uh, In the morning, he brought a red nail out, which he was preparing to certify on, and bent it and said, that's the fastest I've ever bent one of these. He's like, I don't know what this stuff is, but he's like, that's the fastest I've ever bent a red nail. So anyway, I asked him that afternoon. He laughed. He sent me a a private video link uh, a few days later on how to bend a 60 penny timber tie told me to go buy some timber ties get some leather and start practicing and he was working on getting Dennis Rogers uh, in to Nashville to do a workshop in November so Dennis Rogers is probably the strongman you've seen on tv if you've seen one in the past probably 30 years 20 20 to 30 years and Dennis is uh, Dennis was a world champion arm wrestler and when he retired from that, he started looking around and saying, what next? <clears throat> found out about the strong, uh, the old time strongman thing. Uh, found Slim the Hammer Man, Farnum, or Farman, um, and went and trained with Slim and then became kind of the face of strongman. Slim was... Uh, well, Slim passed away a couple of years ago, and he was in his mid-80s. So Slim was, you know, he was getting getting a little older wasn't doing as much. Um, and then Dennis kind of took over and kept it alive, so to speak. Um, and then I went to that workshop. The first thing we did the very first, first day, it was a day and a half workshop, Um uh, or two days, I guess it was two days. Uh, First thing we did was, okay, we're gonna bend short steel, which is six inches, eight inches. We were bending uh, 60 penny nails, which are a quarter inch in diameter and six inches long. They look just like that. They started off with timber ties. Everybody just crushed those except me. And everybody's moving up, they're crushing up, Destroying nails left and right, and I can't bend the timber tie to save me. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to be a really long week. Um, I I can't do the first feet that we're we're working on. Um, so Dennis said, well, hang on, we're gonna we're gonna move to the next thing. Uh, you know, we'll circle back around. We got the horseshoes. He, they handed horseshoes out to everybody. Uh, They gave me a really, really wimpy horseshoe, which I absolutely understand. Uh, And, you know, everybody opened their horseshoes up and some people were twisting them around on around into heart shapes and things like that. And Dennis came back by and he's like, you already bent one? I was like, yeah, I bent this this wimpy one. And he dug around in the bucket and he pulled a horseshoe out and said, here, wrap this up and bend it. And I wrapped it up dug into it, threw everything I had into it, it opened up, opened it up some more, stuck it on the top of my thigh, drove into it, got it open past 180 degrees, which is technically where that counts for twisting a horseshoe. And I went, oh, cool. And Dennis he's like, that was a legitimate horseshoe. He's like, that was a real horseshoe. He's like, you're good. So, and after that, the, the rest of the day was just, I was one of, if not the first, to tear a deck of cards, to tear a phone book. Um, we did We did the longer steal the second day. Uh, we got to the, the end of the first day and that's where we were <clears throat> driving a nail with our hands. And when I saw that listed, I thought, I really don't need to know how to do that. And uh, <laughs> so, and, and Dennis starts off with telling us a story of how he was at a performance, did not have a stable uh, platform to put the board across. So they brought out a couple of bar stools, and he put the board on it. And when he came down onto the board, they compressed and came back. And it actually pushed the head of the nail. You you fold up a washcloth, you know, to give yourself a little bit of padding. It pushed it through the washcloth and into his hand. Oh, man. And he realized what happened and pulled it out, stuck his hand behind him, and continued to talk. And somebody off stage saw what had happened and went, no, 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 show's over. And they took him to the hospital and got permission to video it. It's online somewhere where he's laughing, uh, going, well, I guess I got a place to hang my keys now. Uh, so he tells us that story first. And then we all, and and I just hung back. I thought, yeah, I'm just gonna sit this one out. And he looked around the room and went, Mark, you haven't done it. Come on up. Uh, he just had me take an easy swing the first time. He said, I just want to see, just want you to know how it feels to kind of hit the board with the nail just to show that it's not a big deal pulled that one out gave me another nail and first swing I put it through so wow. yeah and, and uh, the next day we did longer steel two feet two foot and four foot pieces of steel we scrolled those and uh, yeah the uh, it, that's that's what got me started
0: so that was about almost ten years ago
1: almost ten years ago yeah. Coming right, so in November it'll be ten years.
0: What happened in during that 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 workshop? Were like like what happened? Like you couldn't. You said you struggled with the easy nail, and then all of a sudden you're doing like
1: the rest Herculean of
0: Herculean strength the rest of the day.
1: That I I still haven't figured out. Um, it took me until uh, January of the next year, which I was back in Nashville <clears throat> to assist at the SFG that. Dave was, uh, that, that Dave put on. And again, you know, Dave's bending nails. Other people are bending nails, uh, kind of walking through stuff. And, and he said something one of the days he's like, you know, he's like, well, you got to think about it. He said, if you were going to, if you wanted to just bend a nail, he's like, you'd probably just take it over, put it in a vice, cinch it down and grab the top of it and just crank it. It's like, Yeah, he's like, think of your chin as that vice, and I don't know what that triggered. I don't know what that clicked, but the next morning I got up, wrapped up a timber tie, and it bent like it had a hinge on. Oh wow! And I bent another, and then I bent more the rest of the day, and I just stayed with the timber ties uh, until. They were getting really, really easy, and I pulled out a an actual sixty penny nail, and it bent. Um, yeah.
0: So when you when you're bending steel, like horseshoes and nails and stuff, is it like I, I guess this is it a combination of things? Is it is it is it strength? Is it technique? Is it visualization? Is it belief? Is it like like what goes into it?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I know I know you've answered that way before, so uh, I feel safe uh, yes there there is a certain there is strength involved absolutely it, it takes x amount of pressure before steel will start to deflect period and granted, different grades of steel bend at different tolerances, things like that but uh, but so yes, there is strength involved. The technique or the trick is knowing where to put it so you can apply the most leverage to it. As as an example, if I were to wrap this nail up, wrap suede around the ends to protect your hands, and if I hand this and I've done it over and over and over, uh, it's funny because guys, men will come up after seeing a feed and go okay what's the trick women just accept it guys want to know there's gotta be a trick there's, there's be a, a
0: lesson there's a lesson in there somewhere <laughs> yeah
1: there's there's a trick to it. it's gotta be uh, so but if I if I were to wrap this up and, and hand it to you almost every person I've given it to drops it down to about here or maybe a little lower. And they just go at it, even though they've just seen me bend one. And I was nowhere near here. I was up here. Because if you're if you're doing it down here, what do you really have to put into it? Your wrists, maybe a little bit of forearm, but not much. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do here. Here, your shoulders are open, they're ready to roll forward, so you can. Put all of the strength in your upper body into making that bend. So knowing where to put it is so that's the that's the technique part. Uh, doing a horseshoe, you drive it into the side of your thigh to start with, and that anchors the toe so that you can use whichever hand is your more dominant hand, you can use that to also drive into your thigh to give it a solid anchor so that you can drive down with the other hand. Um, Belief is a very good part of it. I know I can bend it. Now I do. Uh, There's also not all bends, but, Quite a few of the bins, there's a discomfort level mm. involved that stops most people. It gets to the point where it's kind of, ooh, that's not fun anymore, and they stop. and that that to me is is as big a lesson or as big a uh, thing to think about as any is. Discomfort is only discomfort. Discomfort's not pain. Pain's different. Pain's another, another level above that. But discomfort is where, is where most people stop. Whether it be physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, you just you tick, tick things down. Discomfort is where people stop. And if you get past that, Tolerate that discomfort a little bit. Beautiful things can happen on the other side. I mean, it it, it really it kind of opens it. it it's, it's almost like a, you're paying your toll. <laughs> that's 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 the ticket for the ride. You, you're paying. That's the ticket. You're, you're the, the price you're paying for the ticket for this wonderful ride on the other side. Of
0: it. So that's that's a beautiful explanation. What are there ways that you actually purposefully train, uh, levels of discomfort so that you can get comfortable being uncomfortable?
1: Uh, not now, but I, you know, looking back I've done that a lot throughout my life, just as probably because I'm stubborn, um, or bullheaded or however you want to, uh, uh, when I, when, uh, when I was younger, there was a show called Kung Fu On, uh, <laughs> featuring, you know, starring David Carradine, David Carradine. yeah, <laughs> Quai Chang uh, watching that show, uh, the, the mental part of it was uh, always kind of intrigued you know them them doing things in the snow, or even you know when he when he lifts the the big urn at the end. That's just dealing with. That's not discomfort. That was pain. Yeah. Uh, and then then falling out into a snowscape. I mean, he looked like he was in the he- Himalayas. But, uh, uh, I uh, I uh, I grew up in the South and Southwest, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, that whole area and we were living in Arkansas, we would go to the lake, go swimming all day, and come back and it would be getting cooler in the evening and we're riding in the back of the pickup truck because that's what you did. And I would sit cross-legged in the back of the pickup truck with everybody else huddled up next to the cab with towels around them or whatever they could get. Uh, And I would sit back there and just, not ignore the discomfort, but get okay with it. I knew it was part of what needed, you know, I mean, it was just me doing it myself, but, uh, uh, and, you know, from there uh, I was a cyclist for a very long time. I still, I still love to ride my bike, but I, don't write it enough to call myself a cyclist anymore. At least I don't feel like I do. And uh, I was, uh, I, I competed. Uh, I raced bicycles. And that is one of the most uh, uncomfortable things you can do. It is nonstop suffering. <laughs> it's just, it's just terrible. And the fact that everybody done, or everybody that was doing it all did it voluntarily. Uh, is kind of strange but your heart is feels like it's pounding out of your chest you're not you don't feel like you're getting enough air your legs are screaming at you constantly and you've just got to push through going everybody else is feeling the same way and if I hang on just a little bit longer somebody will slow down uh, sometimes I was success, successful at that and sometimes I was not but uh so like I said, there have been things, uh, you know, I, I did power for a little bit before I got into the kettlebells. The kettlebells uh, can be uncomfortable. Uh, the grad, I think the grad exercise, that's really all it's just to see who's going to quit. Right. Uh, you know, and, and we were doing uh, the one in Boston. I think we did uh, Dan John's armor building. Right, two cleans, press, three squats, twenty minutes. I believe um, you go, I go. So that was twenty rounds of that, um, and just to see, all right, who's gonna who's gonna slow down, who's gonna quit.
0: So basically, you calloused yourself to discomfort, and to the point now where.
1: It's just something you call Tuesday. It's 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 discomfort. I mean, I I know the difference and I'm willing, I'm willing to put up with some discomfort. Um, taking a a piece of half-inch rebar or even half inch round steel, wrapping a shop shop towel around the middle of it, putting it right here on the bridge of my nose, and then bending it is uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) That sounds uncomfortable.
1: But yeah, you kind of see things a little bit and high pitched uh, tone in your ears, but uh, it's over pretty quick. And uh, uh, I have had people, uh, I, I, I've done quite a few talks uh, at schools. And I open a horseshoe up on the side, and then you take the toe and you put the toe of your, the shoe right in the middle of your thigh, and you grab each heel and you just drive down with everything you have your weight and everything you've got and that goes straight into the front of your uh, into your quadriceps and uh, I looked up and I went yeah that hurts every time and then I went ahead and twisted it around and make a heart shape out of it and a little girl raised her hand she's like if it hurts why don't you do it it's like well it doesn't really hurt. I say like, it's momentary and it's a step that has to be taken to get it to the end result. If I didn't do that, it wouldn't look like this. And I'm okay with that. And, you know, she was, she was young. It probably went over her head, but who knows. Okay.
0: So that, that I'm glad you brought that up. So you talk like, so what a performing strong man, it's not just, it is impressive feats of strength, but you do more than just feats of yeah. strength. Like you said, you did some talks at schools. To, what, what What do you do? What do you,
1: well, I mean, and there are shows where I just go out and repurpose things. Uh, <laughs> I just go out there for however long I've got and just, you know, roll frying pans and twist horseshoes and just have fun. But I, I do. Um, I've done talks at schools. I've done talks for companies. I've done uh, a variety of things. And it <clears throat> a lot of what I talk about is uh, actually my talk has changed somewhat. To start with, I talked about focus. I talked about passion. I did talk about mindset, self-talk, things like that. And and it dawned on me that the focus and passion piece are all really part of mindset, that the the mindset is what drives your, your passion. And if you've got the passion, the focus almost kind of just automatically kind of comes into it. Um, Your self-talk is still amazingly important. I mean, you, you can't overemphasize how watching what you're saying to yourself
0: Hmm.
1: uh, is, is incredibly important because you're talking to yourself more than anybody else is talking to you all day long. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're at, that internal dialogue, it, at least with me, I, I understand some people don't have that, but
0: uh, <laughs> I'm not one of those.
1: Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not either. So that, that internal dialogue, catching yourself and that, and it's kind of the, the, I think the, the trick is catching when you're saying something defeat self-defeating or negative catching that and going wait no and just reframe it and then move forward but why does that why
0: does that matter why does that matter like like if you're always talking to yourself is i so you're are you always listening to yourself too and like how does that affect how does that you always, you? yeah,
1: you always listen to yourself. I mean, it's it's running there. you're hearing you're hearing yourself, you're hearing that more than anything else. So if you start listening and it's a and it's a constant stream of negativity or or lack or um, underperformance, I don't I mean there's a lot of different ways you can put that. Um, it makes a difference mm. uh, Now, not sure if I, I, I go quite as far. Bruce Lee even said, Bruce Lee talked about your self-talk. And he's like, there's words are made up of characters. And if you put them in the right order, that's called spelling. And they're called spells for a reason, is because they can cast a power on you. And I'm paraphrasing probably horribly, but uh,
0: Still, that's a, a good good way. Yeah, the, you know,
1: <laughs> what the words you say to yourself count. They they really do. They they uh, driving north and south between Ohio and Florida. Um, it's not in your state, so I'm I'm gonna I95 in South Carolina is the worst stretch of that almost thousand mile drive. It's terrible. I mean, I dread it. I did traffic. It. Now it's it's going to happen the way it happens. Yes, there's more traffic on here than there should be, probably, uh, and and everybody's driving. Uh, they're they're not driving with everyone else's uh, welfare <laughs> in their mind. They're trying to get up on somebody. It's almost a competition. You just kind of have to sit back and you just kind of have to let it go and realize that's what's going to be. It's not that long a drive until you hit Georgia. And then it opens up to three lanes and it's like, where was all the traffic? Where did all the traffic go? Um, yeah, I, I, I can't say I look forward to it because I do, I, but I do, I, I get myself in their, their correct mindset and you just let people do what they're gonna do anyway, and don't let it affect you. I mean, you know, I've, I've got two uh, two sons and when they were growing up, uh, it, I, I tried to pound it into them. And I, I mean, it was reinforcement for, for me as well, is you cannot control your circumstances. All you can control are how you respond to them. And so if I'm gonna get stuck on 95, Going north or south through South Carolina, I may as well relax. (laughs) And uh, me getting angry with somebody isn't gonna change a thing. It's just gonna get me angry. Uh, So I kind of had to had to have a meeting with myself and go, come on, get over this 95 thing. Uh,
0: that's no, good to I'm, I'm, it's good to hear you say that because ninety five is the road I dread getting on more than oh, anything. Yeah. and, and yeah, the farther
1: the farther north you get I'm sure the worse it gets but uh, it's a doozy yes that it is
0: so you were doing you've got a project you're working on right now right
1: uh yeah just uh just started um and the reason that this whole thing came about is uh as of uh, the first of the summer last year, uh, I decided to quit the nine to five uh, rat race, and I am now retired
0: congratulations uh,
1: and well thank you and uh, part of that was uh, yeah i'm now an r v person eh, uh, we're going to see how it works out uh, we' we're, 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 we've got one we're going to give it a shot and if if it uh, if it fits, then then great. If not, then well we'll we'll sell it. Uh, but talking about traveling around, because uh, we're you know planning on heading out out west and, and eventually the west coast. Uh, we've talked about Alaska. I had never been to the northern tier of the US. Uh, so Idaho, uh, Wyoming, Montana, North and South Dakota. Nebraska and I believe Wisconsin. Uh, and I and I have not been to New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine. Those are the only states that I've not been to uh, at one point or another, or lived in, or been to for one thing or one reason or another. So we were talking about that and and I was talking to uh, to Chris Ryder, who's uh, who I still he's I still have a strong strongman coach. Um, we were talking about that and it's like, oh, you know, as we're traveling around these states, uh, the idea initially came up with <clears throat> was you could tear a license plate for each state you go into. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then I started looking at the prices of used license plates for all 50 states and went, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh, and some of them, there were there was no guarantee I was going to get a decent license plate. Uh, you know, yeah, there were there were a lot of challenges to to making that happen. So, yeah, okay, it, it popped into my head. It's like, well, I can just tear a deck of cards every every state I go into. So that became fifty two in fifty. And I've just, I mean, just kind of started this whole, uh, this whole thing. I've gotten uh, done Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas. Um, I've got video for Florida. I've not posted. Uh, West Virginia's posted. Uh, Virginia. I think I'm going to put out tomorrow. Got North and South Carolina, uh, and <clears throat> I miss. It. I didn't do Alabama. We were driving across. We'd gotten slowed down in Atlanta, which I think that's just synonymous with Atlanta. Uh, Is you got slowed down, and it was getting, it was getting dark. It was getting later, and we needed to get to our campsite. And I went, I'll get Alabama another time. We're just, we're going to keep going. So I still have to get Alabama, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, as I travel around, I can hit the welcome to um, and tear, tear a deck of cards. I'm taking video of it. And uh, hopefully I'll get, uh, get all 50 states before it's uh, all said and done. Uh, I think my great niece is gonna get married in Hawaii. So that may be my- uh...
0: There you go. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Get off the plane. They'll put a lay on you and walk over to the welcome to hawaii and tear deck of cards
0: <laughs> so 10 years ago you heard this
1: voice yep
0: where where did the voice come from
1: i really i really haven't questioned it a whole lot i just took it as a voice i mean some people would say you know, some people would say the universe. Some people would say God. I mean, I know, I know when uh, becoming bulletproof slash OS. You know, you got you got a message, and I really haven't tried to figure out where it came from. I'm just glad that I took action on. It.
0: That's awesome.
1: And it's it. it, it um, I was talking to somebody, they were, oh, actually, um, he was he was a psychologist. And I was like, yeah, this little voice in the back of my head, it's like, but uh, I don't know, uh, I don't remember how I asked it. He's like, those are good to listen to as long as it's not telling you to burn down your neighbor's house or do something bad. He's like, listen to those little voices, they're good. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, but. How do you know? Um, so I, I really haven't tried to define where it came from. I just, and I, I do my best to pay more attention to them because it has led me on an interesting journey so far. I mean, it's uh, I've met people that I never would have met otherwise, um, and it's partly because here. Let me bend something for you. And they go, what? And then we start talking after that. Uh, I've gotten to be, uh, gotten to be uh, friends with uh, the Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band, which is the Reverend on guitar, his wife, Breezy, on washboard, and then they've got a drummer, uh, Max, and that's the Big Damn Band. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I went to a couple of their shows. After one of them, I went, hey, Rev, I'd like to do something for you. He's like, "What's that?" And I pulled a horseshoe out of my back pocket and cranked it into a heart for him and gave it to him. And yeah, we've been uh, we've been in contact, and I see them anytime they're they're near. Uh, they had me, uh, you know. I, I sit and I've had some really nice discussions with uh, with the Rev about strength. He he loves kettlebells, uh, so strength training just. Uh, just a variety of things. Uh, we were talking at one point. Um, one of the things that <clears throat> we, we haven't touched on, and I don't know if it'll come around to it, but um, actually getting back to, to one of the first questions you got, uh, technique, strength, this belief. Part of it is is teaching your mind that it's okay. You know, our mind has been really good at keeping us safe for a really long time. I mean, as a species, but it's kind of conservative. So when, uh, when I'm working on a new bed or something that I am not able to do now, you can chunk that into little pieces maybe and work at it enough to where your mind finally says, you know, he's not getting hurt now. I'll allow a little more. And suddenly that piece starts dropping. So you kind of, as far as our capacity for just physical strength it's not unlimited, but it is so far above what we ever use in day to day life.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: you know, the, the, the stories, uh, you know, the mom picking the minivan up, the, actually, the, the two sisters, teenage girls that picked a tractor up off their dad when it rolled over. Uh, there was a guy that, that stopped a boulder rolling down a hill. What they don't tell you is the back end of that. Those stories are those people end up in the hospital for six to nine months because their musculature, their tendons, and ligaments, nothing is ready for that level of strength. We have it within us, but you've got to get yourself, you've got to slowly, again, convince your mind that it's safe to be able to
0: or, or need
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> To, to exhibit that kind of strength. Um, 100%. I was, I was, actually, I was talking to the reverend about that, and and we were kind of having the same discussion. He's like, yeah, you know, one time a guy pulled up, and he, evidently he didn't put his car in the park, and he got out and went in the store, and it started rolling back toward Breezy, and he's like, I jumped out. He's like, I stopped this car from rolling back down a hill it's like, yeah, you weren't thinking about you, were you? It's like all thought shut down because you were protecting Breezy. And he was like, yeah, it's like, we have it within us. It's learning again, convincing your mind to give you that little bit more and then kind of push up against that wall until it says ah, nothing bad's happened here, and then it gets you a little bit more, and a little bit more.
0: So, self-preservation is a strength and performance limiter.
1: Uh, very much so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right on, um, Mark. If people want to keep track of your shenanigans and follow you as you go around ripping cards everywhere, where can they go?
1: Well, there's uh, there's a couple of places. Uh, I put it on my YouTube channel uh, every week. But while if I have a video to post, and uh, that's just Mark Burnett dash Strongman. Don't get me confused with the guy that produces Survivor. Um.
0: <laughs> Both still is exciting, just a different different area. Uh,
1: so, and on uh, on Instagram, it's uh, a power within. And uh, Facebook is just Mark Burnett. And I uh, well, Amy, I don't know if it's a strong man on that or not. I don't think they let you. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I do have a website, but right now I'm redoing it, so uh, but that's that's a power within okay. yeah, so it's a, it's a power within us. Uh, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very appropriate.
1: I was happy when it was like, oh, that one's, that one's available. I think
0: that's it. So. Uh, Last question, maybe, or last two questions. Uh, Do you like peanut butter? Yes. Crunchy or creamy?
1: Uh, I prefer crunchy.
0: And the third question of the two, (laughs) Uh, what brand do you like?
1: (laughs) Uh, I I like the fresh ground stuff, but. it would have to be jiff
0: all right on if, if, I'm not, if,
1: if it's not if it's not getting if it's not the uh you know fresh ground where you, uh, but if, if you don't stay on top of that it separates and you've got a lot of stirring to do and getting it's a hassle needs, uh, yeah it can be uh,
0: and jiff is always faithful it's always uh, consistent yeah. it's always the say
1: <laughs> until they have a recall on it and until
0: stopped. they have a recall <laughs> Mark, this has been a lot of fun and it's been just really just awesome uh, and educational. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us.
1: Well, thank you for having me on, Tim. Uh, It's good to see you.
0: Good to see you again. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Now get outside and play.